This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Have they found that tiger yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, good news time. No, really, good news time. Is that such a surprise time? Sometimes good things happen time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday evening. A little bit later than we'd like to drop the podcast on a Thursday, but Jeremy Pruitt speaks after practice, and why are we going to record a podcast? And then then Jeremy Pruitt says something and throws it all off, and it's irrelevant. Why would we do that? That would make no sense. Not just me on this podcast. Patrick Brown coming to us from Parts Unknown, somewhere in the 865 area code, somewhere I believe we can say safely in Knox County. Pat, what's up, man? Nothing. We also need to eat dinner too, and so when Pruitt talks around six fifteen, that's that's dinner time around here. Yeah, that's true. I actually confession: we're recording this at what about nine fifteen Eastern on a Thursday night. I have not eaten dinner yet, so need to do that. At well, some you're point, me sound like a slacker that I took a few minutes to make the dinner that my uh, wife made for us. No, that, that's not at all, Pat. What it is, it, it's that um, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow being a Friday, uh, my wife and I are, are taking the day off. Uh, it's been a while since we've both been able to take a day off at the same time, so we're going to do that. So I'm working ahead uh, to get some stuff in the can to get that ready, as we call it, in the can uh, for Friday. Uh, but some of that stuff will have to do with good news, uh, potentially very good news that happened for Tennessee on Thursday night. Uh, the Vols, well, I guess it, it happened technically maybe a little earlier in the day, uh, but Jeremy Pruitt confirmed it just a couple hours ago that, that Cade Mays, the Knoxville Catholic High School star, the former University of Georgia offensive lineman, transferred to Tennessee. Uh, he has been cleared by the NCAA in order to play this season. However, uh, that is not the end-all, be-all. Uh, the Southeastern Conference still has to make a determination on that uh, because it's an SEC to SEC transfer. Uh, but regardless, Pat, the NCAA said no the first time. Now they've said yes. Uh, that's only one part of the two-step process, but it's good news for Tennessee. Yes, it is. It's one hurdle down and one hurdle to go. And I can't stress this enough. Uh, the NCAA, uh, Cade Mays winning his appeal with the NCAA does not mean that he is going to play. Correct. I know there was a retweet. There was a tweet that was getting a lot of retweets that said that he had been cleared to play. That's not true. He's not in the clear yet. This is just the Tennessee is just halfway there. But uh, to get to the second living checkpoint, on ha- halfway there, living on a prayer. You could, to get to the second checkpoint, you have to clear the first checkpoint. And Tennessee has cleared the first checkpoint with the NSA saying that uh, Mays can play. So <clears throat> what it comes down to now is the SEC has to basically sign off on it. Um, and and <clears throat> Jeremy Pruitt on uh, Thursday night said that he is he is confident in the outcome. Uh, I'm not not confident, but uh, there isn't really precedent for this for the SEC. And Prude, is, he's mentioned this before. Um, you know, you go back to 2016 when Marie Smith, who was a defensive back that was at Alabama, transferred to Georgia. This was after Kirby Smart had left and, and mm-hmm. took the job with the Bulldogs. He was a graduate transfer, uh, and there was a big public tug of war between George and Alabama about, uh, you know, was he eligible to play? Because on one hand, he's a graduate transfer and you know, they should be eligible to play. But in the SEC, they had to approve any sort of transfers uh, within the conference. So uh, there was that. Eventually, Smith did get cleared uh, by the SEC. He played. Um, I think he was had a front-row view of Juwan Jennings catching the Hail Mary later that season. Um, but that's beside the point. And then there was another situation, obviously, with Brandon Kennedy. Less of a public back-and-forth, but there was a little bit of a public back-and-forth uh, in May of that year when Kennedy was – uh, when he transferred, he had graduated. 
he was being mentioned about maybe transferring to Tennessee, maybe going to Auburn because he's from Alabama. Um, and there was some initial kind of hesitancy from, from Alabama to let him go uh, or, you know, some comment. It may not have been – Alabama may not have been involved in terms of trying to not get him eligible, but they may have said some things publicly to say, like, we don't want guys moving in between the league. Um, and so I, I don't know that there has been – and Pruitt mentioned this Thursday night – I don't know that there's ever been a scenario where the SEC has approved – an undergraduate transfer between uh, from one SEC school to another. But Mace is not the only guy in this boat right now because uh, Joey Gatewood, who transferred from Auburn to Kentucky, uh, is in the same boat where he's been cleared by the NCAA and is waiting on the SEC waiver. So uh, if you're Pruitt, you're probably talking to Mark Stoops and say, hey, uh, every hour we're going to call Greg Sankey, say, hey, what's going on? Let's get these let's get these done. And so maybe they can tag team uh, those phone calls down to uh, to the league office. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go that about a minute ago you just completely ignored that John Bon Jovi reference I made, and and I'm gonna move on. And I'm gonna press on from that, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm of two minds on this, Pat. Uh, one, I I think that this is definitely not a sure thing because you're talking about SEC football where nothing is really ever simple, nothing's really ever easy. The, these schools are not just rivals. It almost goes beyond that. You know, they're, they're, it's almost enemies, you could say, in some cases. And, and, and I think that, that that's going to complicate this process. Um, that's one thing. And, and you're also setting precedent on this. I think it's not going to matter, though, eventually, because when the NCAA passes this rule that, that is probably going to pass here in the next year or so, where guys can transfer one time anywhere they want for free, uh, at that point, I would imagine that it doesn't matter anymore what the SEC thinks because that will Correct. be the established rule, just like it was with graduate transfers, right? The SEC or the NCAA made that rule, and so the SEC you know, couldn't do anything about it. So I, I think this year, 2020, um, there's not been a lot of good things about this year, really, but maybe one decent thing has been that you have seen more power to the players. You're seeing this with some of the social justice stuff. You're seeing this in, in other ways. Um, you know, some laws in some parts of the country being passed that are that are going to pave the way maybe for these guys to get paid more at some point. I just think Greg Sankey is a pretty sharp guy. I don't think he wants to swim against the tide on this. I think he'll probably clear these guys, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, and Wes, you bring up a good point, is that um, the NCAA at some point is going to pass the first-time transfer rule. I think everybody's on board with that. Um, and it would have happened if not, if not for COVID, it would have happened in May. Um, and so if you're, if you're the SEC, um, in a matter of a few months or probably whatever next season, um, you're not going to have any control of these things anyway. You know, there's, there's not going to be, this part of the process is going to be taken out. So, uh, why would you, you know, right at the end, still try to put your foot down and say, these guys can't play. Um, because, and, and again, as you pointed out, this is the SEC, this is competitively, uh, everybody is going to do what's in their best self-interest. Um, uh, and it is in Georgia's best interest not to have to play Cade Mays or not Correct. to have to have Cade Mays be eligible to play for uh, an SEC rival. Uh, for Tennessee, they need Cade Mays on the field. Uh, you know, for Kentucky, they need Joey Gatewood because he was a former, I think, top 50 recruit. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, a good player. You know, he, he lost out the job, uh, lost out the starting job at Auburn to, to Bo Nix, who had a pretty good freshman year. Um, and seems to have a bright future. So there's no, you know, there's no shame in that. I mean, he, you know, Gatewood was going somewhere where he could play. You know, he he got out, he got beat out by a freshman. You know, he, he's going for playing time. May the May situation is a little more complicated because uh, there's some layers to it. But you would think that those layers make his case even stronger, um, given what's going on with with his family and the lawsuit and all that stuff, and coming back home and playing with his brother and all these things. So um, I don't. Again, it when you look at the logic of the situation, it doesn't make much sense for the SEC to say at the last minute when, you know, in this few, you know, in the future, they're not going to have this option anyway um, to put their foot down and say, these guys can't play. We're not going to let them play. Um, but at the same time, co SEC coaches have long, you know, we've heard it from Nick Saban. We've heard it from others. They don't want free agency. They don't like it. Uh, for some reason, they have no problem, you know, as coaches being able to switch jobs every year if they want um, and get paid handsomely for it while, and, but they don't want players to, to do that. And Pruitt's not one of those guys. Pruitt, is, he's been pro-transfer. He, he transferred as a player. I think that's, uh, that's always sort of shaded how he views these situations, and, and I, don't, I don't think he would um, be opposed. And, and he said that he's, um, 
you know, he, he's always kind of vouched for players that have left Tennessee and said, hey, if there's an eligibility question, he said that they should be eligible. Uh, now, I don't know that he's had a guy that's left who's the caliber of Cade Mays, um, so we should point that out. But, uh, I, again, you know, I understand why Tennessee is optimistic. If, you know, if I'm Tennessee, I would be I would probably be cautiously optimistic just because, um, you know, as Pruitt pointed out a few times ago when he was talking about Mays, uh, there are things and, and, and I don't want to say laws, but there have been things that have been established by votes in the SEC um, to, I don't want to say diminish these things or prohibit them, but, you know, there's a reason that there's not been one of these before where a, a player who's not been a grad transfer has transferred within the conference and gotten eligible to play right away. So um, yeah, as long that's as what complicates it to me in terms of what a, what to expect uh, in terms of a timetable, I don't know. Um, I, the, the, the the Gatewood thing, I was reading up about it this afternoon when kind of heard that this might be, you know, this might have happened. Um, and there was even some talk. I don't know the validity of these reports. Is you know these are reports in Lexington and Auburn, um, where there was even a gentleman's agreement, quote unquote, that Auburn, uh, Kentucky wouldn't play Gatewood against Auburn, which is their first game, if you know, as a thank you for their cooperation during the process which is kind of odd to me. <laughs> it seems like you would need to do that. It's almost like a yeah, that, uh, wow. in soccer, when you loan a player, they can't play against you. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of weird. That's I, and weird. It, and that, you know, if that's true, that situation is not at all applicable to Tennessee Cape, and, and Georgia and Cape. Yeah. I can't so, imagine. I can't imagine Pruitt being like, Hey Kirby, uh, what are, I'm going to sit know? Kate against you. If you help us out. Yeah. No, uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You would need to put that like, uh, like John Wick style. Like you'd have to like, get the thing where they they take their thumbs or whatever and they cut them and like they make the the mark out of it to keep it like you would have to make that like a blood oath in order for that to be kept there, there would be the, the you know first off Peru wouldn't agree to it but secondly even if he did why would you play the guy anyway i mean you know but yeah that that's i mean you know this is going back years but i remember when when tommy tuberville went from Ole miss to auburn he didn't have to sit out a year he just kept coaching right i, I mean i i, I don't said they were gonna have to carry him out in a pine box yeah i, I don't see any kind of to me there is absolutely no difference in that coaches want to control things and they don't like it when they can't control them but this to me i just don't think i think sankey's been pretty smart about kind of seeing where the writing is on the wall with these things and I, I don't think he wants to swim against the tides of history on this I, I think he wants to go ahead and probably be, be pretty progressive about this and I'll say this too this should not take very long as a process because if you're the SEC you've known literally the entire time that if the NCAA cleared this if the NCAA allowed this the ball was going to be in your court so you have known this was coming for a while and I know you've had bigger things on your plate SEC but you should be prepared for this too, and you should have been prepared to make a decision on this pretty quickly. So this, when the season starts in a week, this should not take much time, I don't think, one way or the other. Yeah, um, and, and uh, again, I, I would think that you know you look at the logic of the situation, just you know straight down the middle, no you know no dog in the fight. Uh, if if this was you know a year in the future, he would be eligible to play anyway. If this was any other year except the COVID year, he would be eligible to play anyway because yep. it would have been one-time transfer you're good um so I, I don't i don't know why tennessee or i don't know excuse me i don't know why the sec would uh was stand in the way of Cade mays and um i, I did like how Pruitt. i don't want to say he schmoozed greg sankey but he was definitely like greg's done a great job yeah. he's always had the players and the athletes foremost uh, he's done it you know he's done a great job during you know managing this pandemic yeah he got a got a beautiful wife and kids you know (laughs) cooks a great you know pork shoulder i mean just love the i I did like the schmoozing there uh during his uh when he was talking about this on thursday after practice but when you're uh, when you're in the general vicinity his breath always smells nice i mean you know just everything you know his his haircuts looks good i mean you know everything looks good greg yeah so and this would obviously be huge for for tennessee because um you know Cade could could legitimately start at, at any position on their offensive line other than maybe center. And I think he's probably gotten some reps there too. I've seen him snap that he can do that. So, uh, and coaches always say you can never have enough centers. So, um, you know, he, he, he would solve, I, I don't know that Tennessee has a problem on his offensive line. Um, but if there was, he would solve it. And, and, and obviously he is one of those guys. Trey Smith was talking earlier this week about how he feels like this offensive line has a lot more guys that, that want to, kind of hurt people and put them on our backs and punish yeah. them. Uh, I think, I think Cade is, is part of that mindset too. I think he and, and Trey have sort of uh, 
you know, you get, you get those guys on the same line. And if you're an offensive line, you, you want to be doing what they're doing on film. So uh, that is, that, that obviously would be really big. And it would make what could be Tennessee's strongest position that much more stronger if, if he is eligible, uh, if he does get eventually cleared by the SEC to play as well. Yeah, you take those two and you put a guy like a, a really smart guy and solid player like Kennedy in the middle. And all of a sudden, you know, you're really kind of, you're, 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 you really kind of got the thing going in the right direction. Uh, there's plenty more to discuss with Cade. We're we're going to keep doing that. That that's going to be a a talking point very clearly until a final decision is made. So we're going to keep following up on that, and we're going to have more on that on the side of Go Balls twenty four seven. We're going to have more on that consistently on you know on this podcast if need be. We're going to have that everywhere. Uh, but that wasn't the only news that came out Thursday night with Tennessee in the offensive line. Pat, it it seems like after. Uh, gosh, I think for the second time in 23 days or, or so, Wanye Morris was able to practice on Thursday for Tennessee. And, and from the outside looking in, I got to tell you, he's a really, really talented kid. He, he's going to, if he stays healthy, he, he's going to be a great player at Tennessee. He's going to play in the NFL for a long time. Very, very talented football player. Uh, I don't know that after missing three weeks like this in camp uh, with Tennessee's other options at the line of scrimmage, for me, Nine days, I don't know if that's enough time necessarily to get him ready to be better than uh, a better option than, say, Jameer Johnson or somebody else at left tackle. That, that to me, it's great news for Tennessee that he's back, and, and he's very clearly a phenomenal talent. Uh, but there, there's work to do probably to get him ready to go. Yeah, and, and what complicates it more is that at this point of the preseason, I mean, Tennessee's pretty much in game week mode at this point. Uh, and I know Pruitt said they're going to do, you know, they're going to kind of stay in fall camp mode, and and there's probably some truth to that. But you know, at this point of the pre, at this point of the season, uh, at this point of the calendar, you're, you're going to be pulling back. You're not going to be pushing the envelope. You don't want to get guys hurt. Um, and I, and I think even in a year where you've had so many guys out and so many guys need quality live reps and practice, uh, I would be very tempted to, you know, kind of maybe even keep the pedal to the floor and keep it, you know, keep pushing, but. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think you can do that. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt can do that. Um, I think it's it's probably too risky, even though it might help you. Um, and, and that's that's the that's what makes it hard with Wanye is that um, he he's a guy that needs reps. He's still a young player. Uh, he's still developing. He's still trying to build consistency to where um, everything that he needs to do on a play uh, from a technique standpoint, from knowing the offense, uh, all those things is just second nature to him. Uh, it's tough to expect that from a sophomore, even a guy that started as much as he did last year. So um, I, I think he is probably, uh, depending on what they get out of him the next week, he, he's probably, I don't want to say an emergency option. Um, but but he, like you said, Wes, they, I think they've got some better options than some guys that are going to be more ready and more seasoned and have, you know, have had more practice time. Um, and and those, those guys are going to be uh, better options for Tennessee. And that's not just on the offensive line. I mean, I, I don't envy this coaching staff because they're going to have to determine. I mean, there may be some situations where you have more talented players, but they've been out for two weeks. Yep. Uh, I don't know that Wanye is the only guy that hasn't, um, you know, that, that's been in the double quarantine, the vaunted double contact yeah. tracing, the, the 28 days. Yuck. Um, isn't that a movie? Yeah, 28 days later. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's so, going to gonna be the story of Wanye Moore's this season. It's 28 <laughs> days later, 28 more days later. So that that's that's the balance you're going to have to determine is you know if you're Tennessee are you going to do you have a returning starter but he's missed the past two weeks and is just now getting back a week before the game uh, or a freshman who's you know not missed any practice who do you start I mean it, it's 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 going to be a tough situation uh, you know Tennessee I think their coaching staff's got to make some cup some tough calls in some of these situations but uh, it's hard not to feel for Wanye because as far as I know as far as we've been told he's not tested positive he's only been in quarantine because of contact tracing yeah, so a roommate yeah um there's probably a lot of frustration on his point uh, on his part although i think wasn't he one of the guys that, that was tweeting about the tiger the other day you know yes yes he was i mean wanye uh, w- morris is almost always in high spirits it's true he he is always in a good mood always smiling um and so he he undoubtedly would have been trying to make uh the best of this situation but Obviously frustrating for him because I think he came back at one point and then went right back in. So yes, yeah, um, he he came out I think for one day and then got put right back in, uh, which uh, he you know that that's just got to be absurdly frustrating. Yeah, and, and you feel for him, um, it, and you know you feel more for him if he didn't do anything wrong, which is probably the most likely scenario. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I I don't I don't know I would I would probably temper expectations. 
Uh, I'd probably look for Jameer Johnson. I mean, I think Cade Mace could start left tackle if they needed him to if he was eligible. So, yep. um, and then they probably got some guys to, you know, they could flip over there. I mean, they could put Trey Smith at left tackle if they got in a pinch. So, um, I, I think you're, but then again, you never know. I mean, you could have something happen next week in Columbia where, you know, Jameer Johnson gets rolled up on in the first quarter. You put Wani out there just to see, just to see what he gets. And then or, he goes and plays great. Or he gets flagged in contact tracing next week. Uh, I yeah, mean, you know, I mean, just, it, it's all possible. You know, what's interesting to me, Pat, is that I think a couple of, I think two things. One, there have been times in the past few years where in this situation, a guy like Wanye Morris would be put right back into the starting lineup out of necessity because you'd be like, well, he's so much more talented than the other options that, well, screw it, just go ahead and put him out there. That's not yeah. the case right now. That's the first thing I'm going to say. And the second thing is that I've been saying this for a while. When Jameer Johnson is dialed in and he's focused and he's on point, he's a good football player. Two years ago, he was Tennessee's best offensive lineman. He was, you know, he just, he was. So then last season, you know, he had some injury issues, you know, got some frustration issues and some other things. And, and he was kind of in and out of the lineup, didn't start a lot, but went on there and sometimes and played pretty well. Uh, but two years ago, he was very, very good, despite being like a 265 pound guard. Now he's a little bigger, kind of back at that tackle spot where maybe he's a little more natural. And I think, I mean, I think he's kind of the, the, the oft forgotten guy in that group, but I think he's a good player. Yeah. And Trey Smith, raved about Jameer earlier this week uh called him Philly he's from Philadelphia um so he's got that edge to him um but you know Trey and Jameer obviously played a lot not only just together but right next to each other you know in, in 2018 when uh Jameer's first year he was the left guard and, and Trey was the left tackle for a little more than half of that season um then they played a little bit together last year when when Trey was a guard and Jameer was at left tackle so um you know he they've done a lot of a lot of tandem and combo blocks between the two of them. And so Trey knows Jameer probably as well as he knows anybody on the offensive line. I had really good things to say. Uh, says he brings intensity and violence. That's Trey's kind of guy. You know, a guy that's out there looking to punish people is, is a guy that Trey Smith's going to gravitate towards and, and, and talk up like he did Jameer. But plus he went to, um, he went to Emotep Institute, which is one of the coolest names of any high school in true. the United States of um, America. It's true. But yeah. Philly as, uh, as Trey called him, uh, I, I would look for him to start at left tackle, and and they'll just they'll kind of bring Wanye along as uh, as best they can. I just you know I don't know what you tell a kid in this situation because because you know I mean I'm sure if you're Wanye you're thinking going into the season all right this is the year that I'm gonna break through uh, yeah and, and you know and you know if you're Wanye you were probably thinking at one point you might be even free and done that might have been in your head um, wasn't he named pre wasn't he named preseason All SEC on Thursday he was um, and, and you know. He obviously has a lot of talent. And so you, I don't know what you tell a guy who gets him back into practice after practicing once in two weeks uh, or no, three, three yeah. and a half weeks. And yeah. I, it would be really hard for him not to um, try to make it all up in one practice. And so I, I you know, I, I don't know what you tell him if you're a coach. I don't know how you try to keep him uh, to where he makes the best of this situation, makes the best of however many practices they're going to have between now and the game. And, uh, Again, I would think he would be available, but I don't, you know, if they play him, we'll just have to see. Well, if it's handled the right way, I mean, it does nothing but help the group because all of a sudden, you know, it's like uh, I go back to the, the that movie Miracle when they're getting ready to make the team, uh, and, and then they bring in the other guy from like the young hotshot kid or whatever just to mix yes. it up in camp. Like this is like you're you're throwing a bull into the ring here, you know? I mean, you're taking a guy who. You know, the, these guys are probably like, okay, this is probably going to be the five or six, the seven guys in the rotation. Here we go. It sucks for Wanye, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, we're going to get ready to play. And now you throw him back into the mix, and all of a sudden, hey, it maybe it can get a little chippy in a good way. You know, maybe you can you can continue to, to get even better that way by fighting every day in practice. So I, I think it's, it's a good thing. And it's not like he's been sitting in a room – you know, we think about like the stories with the St. Louis Cardinals earlier this year, like putting up mattresses on the wall and throwing baseballs into them. Like th- th- this was not that kind of quarantine. They were able to to get out and work out with each other during the day. You know, only with the other guys in quarantine, uh, they're able to to kind of do some things that are are normal, um, and they're able to stay a little bit in shape. They can't go out there and practice football, obviously, but they can get in there and use the facilities. They can do a couple of things. So so they can they can stay. You know, it's not like they're just sitting around, you know, eating Twinkies and stuff like that. Like they're, he's going to be okay. It's just football shape is football shape. And sometimes you got to practice it to be in it. Yeah. And, and, and Pruitt said it a bunch this week, you know, the best way to play football or best way to get good at football is to just do it over and over again. And um, for a young player like Wanye, who's, 
like I said, he's played a lot, but he's not a guy that you can say, ah, he, he can be fine. Like if Brandon Kennedy had, you know, not practiced for once, you know, in three weeks, he's probably okay. Yeah. Just like the bowl game. Kind um, of like he did. Yeah. And so, you know, same with Trey Smith. He's obviously talented enough where he can practice twice in a whole season and still look like a first round pick. Um, but Wanye is still young enough to where I think he, he needed, you know, still needs as many reps as he can get. And uh, he just hasn't gotten them. And it, it, it's, you know, even if he gets, solid week of work in it's just a different level when you're playing another team and you got SEC addressers coming at you. So uh, I'll be interested to see how they handle this. Some of these situations there. Cause I think Eric Gray is another guy that missed a, missed a while. He's back. Correct. Um, I think some wide receivers have missed some time recently some, too. Some wide receivers. I think the defensive line, you know, what they haven't, haven't gotten much. I don't think out of Aubrey Solomon and Daryl Middleton. Correct. This year or this preseason. So, where are they at? Maybe, you know, they need those guys uh, back and, and locked and loaded and ready to go. But that's the thing is, uh, again, like I said, you play a guy that might be a better player, but, he's you know, he, he missed two weeks of practice right before the start of the season over a guy who's not Mr. Rep, but might be younger or, you know, yeah, those are the things that as a coaching staff, you're going you're gonna to have to you know, determine and you're going to have to determine, you know, can we trust this guy to hold on to the football? He hasn't had any, hasn't had any scrimmage reps carrying the ball. He hasn't gotten hit a lot. You know, can we trust this guy to go out there and tackle? He hasn't tackled a lot because he's missed all the scrimmages. You know, that, these are the, the complications of the situation that this you just have to manage. And, and this Wanye case is going to be interesting. We want to see how they handle it. And, and again, you know, obviously you say, hey, it's not like they're opening against Georgia State. I know Georgia State beat Tennessee last season, but they're opening with South Carolina. They're opening with. Hey, don't mess, with, don't with, mess with the Sun game. Belt now. Uh, well, yeah, it's true. They they've been the fun belt. They've been better than the Big Twelve so far. But but I mean, you know, it, it's I get that that the and I appreciate that these are difficult situations for these players for these coaches because they have to make really really tough decisions. And and I would imagine that that they probably you know experiment with some things. Even though it's an SEC game, they're probably going to have to play a few different guys at some spots to figure out. Okay, well, who's helping the most today? Who really is the most ready? I think they're going to have to learn some of these things on the fly. And one thing, Pat, I know we're going to play Pruitt's press conference uh, or, or Zoom, I guess what would you call it, a press conference, a video conference, whatever you want to call it. We're going to play all that in, in the second segment. But before we step out of here for the first segment, Pat, we, we do need to mention a couple of other things. Not a big surprise. Pruitt said he's still, you know, the pass rush. He's still – he doesn't know what really they have there. That That's hardly a surprise. We knew that. Even with a perfect offseason, that was going to be the case. That's going to be one of those positions you talked about where they just – I think they're going to try a bunch of guys and see who who gets the job done. And I think that's everybody. I think Kevon Bennett, um, Roman Harrison, DeAndre Johnson, I think both freshmen will play. Uh, Tyler Heron and uh, – Tyler – not Tyler Heron. Tyler Hero is just on my TV uh, yeah, yeah. during the Heat game. But uh, Tyler Barron uh, and Morvin Joseph, I think, will we'll get looks. I'd be, I would not be surprised if they played. Um, we'll see if they, if they throw Mincy and JJ Peterson out there, even, um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a position talking about the pass rush, right? I think they're, they're going to, they're going to go by committee and see what they got. And whoever is, is doing well during the game is going to get the snaps. If it comes down to the fourth quarter, uh, those key moments. Yeah. And the bigger, the, the more newsy item on Thursday that came out, this is not a surprise. We have, we, we've mentioned this before. We've not. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pat. We, we've not like a thousand percent confirmed that beforehand, but we we had heard and we had mentioned that that we thought there was a setback with Austin Pope, Tennessee senior tight end from Christian Academy of Knoxville, a guy who's so important to their running game, a guy who I think still has some ability in the passing game and could do some things if he's healthy. Uh, but it looks like he is not. He's definitely not going to play at least early on in this season, uh, according to Jeremy Pruitt, and then. I'm speaking here. This is my word. These are my words, not Pruitt's. I don't think he'll play this season. So, um, but let's just go ahead and say that he'll be out indefinitely uh, with another, you know, kind of a setback with that back. He's had a couple surgeries, just just some unfortunate deals there. Uh, but all of a sudden now, Tennessee tight end was already a question mark, and now uh, it's an even bigger one because Pat, there, there's options there, and, and they've got some guys who can do some things. But you've got uh, Jackson Lowe's transferred out of the program in the past week. Um, which wasn't a huge shock, maybe. Uh, and then you've got now with Pope out. Now all of a sudden, it you know that's a big position in the offense, and they got some questions there. Yeah, Pruitt kind of dropped a sack of potatoes line uh, on us Thursday night. Yes, he did. Um, and, and if you don't, I know we've talked about the sack of potatoes. It might be a familiar is familiar for us, but for some, if you haven't heard this before, this was 
one of Derek Dooley's best lines is he was talking about his defensive line after a practice. I can't remember if it was first year or second year, but he was like, they're all, they're kind of like a sack of potatoes. You pull one out, it kind of looks the same. You pull another one out, they all kind of look the same. Yep. So on and so forth. Great. Obviously, Derek Dooley was not a great football coach, but he was very eloquent as as the metaphors. smartest the smartest head football coach I've ever covered. Not the best head football coach I've ever covered, but the smartest one. He also knew his way around some profanity. Uh, that's a different story for a different time. Most though. creative cusser that I've um, ever known. But yeah, Pruitt. They've got some guys there. He said they really haven't had a lot of separation, and, and they're kind of I don't want to say their numbers are low there now, but. Uh, I think Princeton Fant is is going to be the the starting tight end. I think uh, you know how much they line him up as an inline guy. We'll see. Um, he might be sort of the H back fullback kind of guy too. Uh, maybe he plays the Pope role. Uh, I, I think he'll do fine. Uh, behind him, I know Jacob Warren is he's a guy I'm really interested to see because he's put in a lot of work. He's bigger, uh, Wes. When you think about it, I mean he showed up. I think he was not even not even 210 pounds when he showed up in January of 2018. Correct. Um, He's well into the 240s now. I don't know if he still looks it because he's 6'6". It's just, you know, his frame can handle that. You know, it looks like he can still handle uh, some more weight. Probably about 30 more pounds he could handle. I'm interested to see what they get out of him. You know, Sean Brown's a guy they were really high on in the last class, redshirted last year. Uh, Of course, they were also high on Jackson Lowe, and I I don't know if that's panned out very well. He's obviously gone in the portal, as you mentioned. Um, Then Jordan Allen is uh, a guy that was outside linebacker for the past two seasons who's now – uh, tight end played played some offense in high school so it's not totally foreign for him yeah. but uh, a guy who really could have used a uh, full spring to get used to, to playing that position again but uh, they're just gonna have to figure it out um, they might I don't know that they'll play a lot of guys because that's a position where um, you know if you're if you're a lead blocker on a play and you go the wrong way you're gonna get your running back killed if you if you're supposed to pick up a the cornerback blitz and you miss it your quarterback's gonna get killed that's a tough position and Pruitt mentioned it that uh, you have to really be locked in. You have to have a good feel for the game. You have to uh, know a lot of aspects of the game. Not to mention, you, not to mention, you also have to hold up physically. Which, uh, in the case of guys like Fant, Warren, they've put in a lot of work. I, you know, I'll throw Brown in there too. He's he's had some injuries in the past, but um, and a good, be, good good size kid, six five two. Yeah, you have to be you have to be physical and hold up at the point uh, of attack as a blocker too. So uh, it's a lot of demands on that position. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee ran some extra offensive lineman stuff bingo uh that would probably what i would do especially in short yardage goal line uh we saw it with uh when they would use the quiveris crouch package last season they would bring an extra offensive lineman on the field i wouldn't be surprised if you saw that in some situations early in the year until they figure out what some of these guys can do um but uh, i would look for fans to sort of be the, the first guy there and then uh, i think those other guys they'll they might mix and match depending on the situation depending on the package and, and kind of go from there and see what they get out of them yeah, because, I mean, you know, you got Josh Palmer, who's a good-sized wide receiver, but he's not tight end-sized. I mean, you know, you've got – you could maybe get creative and run run as maybe a bigger wide receiver in some of those two tight packages. I, I could see that maybe, but I, I think, you know, and Jim Chaney is a former tight ends coach. He loves the tight end position. You know, he, he thinks that if you're really good at that position, you're really good in a lot of things offensively, and, he, and he's not wrong. Um because and you look at through his history, he's done a good job as any offensive coordinator at the college level. I think, in terms of using good tight ends when he has them, a lot of coaches throughout college football history have just not done that very well. He's he's a guy who's done it pretty well uh, when he's had those kinds of players wherever he's been. So that that's that's big because if you're a tight end and you're supposed to go left and you go right, you're sticking one of those velociraptors on your quarterback and and or, or your running back, and that's not good. You know, I mean, it's bad. It's bad. You you don't you don't want to be in that situation, but that's where they are. Because Pope, I'm telling you, he's one of those guys that if you look at the numbers, you're going to go, nah, what are they missing? Um, and if you're a Tennessee, you're not a Tennessee fan. Maybe you're a South Carolina fan looking at this, going, nah, what are they missing with this guy? They're they're missing something. Pope is 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 a big part of the offense. You usually know where they're running just by watching where he's going. So and and coaches know that, but they don't care. They still think that's the best way to get yards. So he's not a big guy, um, but he's a, he's a really good blocker, really good technical blocker and a tough kid. So uh, hope the best for him. Not sure what's going to happen there with the back. You know, once you start having back problems, it, it's tough. But uh, hopefully, he can, hopefully he can get things squared away and uh, come back at some point. Yeah, and uh, if it seems like we're down on the tight ends, maybe we are. I don't know that Tennessee is totally down because uh, I think they, they've known for a little bit that, that Pope at least wasn't going to be available for the South Carolina game. Um, they've known that situation. They've known that Jackson Lowe wasn't going to be a factor, whether he was in the portal or not. Um, 
and they had D Beckwith working there somewhat recently, and then they've moved him to running back, and it sounds like that's where he's going to stick for the meantime. So uh, if they were if they were really concerned about the tight ends, I think they might have kept Beckwith there and maybe tried to fast track him as as maybe a uh, into some sort of role there, and he he could still do that. I I don't that kid is so versatile. I you could I could see them doing a few different things with him, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm referring to Beckwith now. His position on the depth chart is like, I, or on the roster is IDK for I don't know. That's the position. ATH. He is like the definition of an athlete. Um, so, uh, and Oklahoma had a guy like that. I can't remember his name, but yes. uh, H back, fullback guy that threw the ball too. He was had like maybe 10 catches all last season. It was all Big 12. So, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Princeton fan can do too, because I remember a couple of years ago, Jeremy Pruitt told me, and this was in his first year, he, he, he off talking to the side one day and he said something about, I asked him about Princeton fan. And he said, you know, I don't know what he is yet, but I like him. You know, he, he's just like, he's like, I, I don't know. Is, is, is he running back, defensive guy, tight end? I don't know what he is yet, but I like him. So, and, and Prince, fans, one of those high character kids. He was known as that in high school. He's a guy who, maybe pressed into service like this can surprise some people. Yeah. And, and that's a good point on fan. I think Warren's a little bit like that too. Again, a guy that's, that's put in the time and, and now it's, he's going to get his opportunity and I'm interested to see uh, what he does with it. Pat, is there anything else you got? I think we're overdue for a, for a break here. We are long overdue for a break. Uh, yeah, should we, we tease that our, our season predictions are coming in the, on Friday morning? Yeah, let's do that. Hey, guys, our season predictions are coming on Friday morning, and that just reminded me, Pat, I have another thing to add on my list of things to do tonight. Cause yeah, send me those, or I'm going to get real I, mad. I had not written that down yet, so I need to I need to do that. I'm going to work on that. So what we're going to do is we're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, and other fun things, all that good stuff, and we'll come back uh, with more here uh, on the GoVoss 24-7 podcast. It'll be just me with a quick teaser and then throwing it to Jeremy Pruitt for his interview from Thursday. But uh, if nothing else... Pat, uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Bye, Wes. <laughs> Be back in a second, guys. Hashtag ad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you here from Fort Rucker Studio on a Thursday evening, talking a little Tennessee football. You heard us discuss a lot of things, primarily with the offensive line for Tennessee, the, the Cade Mays news and some other good stuff there. Uh, from that first segment, we're going to spend most of this segment speaking with Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt uh, about uh, some uh, plenty of stuff, really, the, the Cade May stuff that came out Thursday, uh, some some information on, on the tight end situation, some discussion on uh, Tennessee's pass rush, uh, even some some off-the-field stuff, so COVID stuff, obviously. Tons of stuff in there. We're going to get to that in just a second. Before we do that, I'd like to remind you again, please go in there and rate and review this podcast. We are happy to do this thing for free. We, we really, really are. But uh, but one thing we're going to ask in return, if you could go in there, click that subscribe button, just mash it down real quick, and also give us a, a quick rating and review. That would help us a lot, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, somewhere in the, in the Google Marketplace. 
uh, you know, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever fine pods are casted, you can get this podcast. Uh, but uh, wherever you're listening to it, we hope you're hitting the subscribe button, and we really hope that you're rating and reviewing. Uh, if we can give away some merch later on, some things like that, we'll probably do some of that stuff with the uh, with, with some of the comments from those sections. Uh, if you also have something that you want to talk to us about, if you want to, uh, there's a, a subject you'd like us to broach. If there's something that you'd like to see us uh, do better, or if you just think we're doing a super great job and nothing needs to change and everything's perfect, I think that would be the first time in history that an internet comment of any kind was that positive. But if you want to be that person, you go ahead and be that person. Please rate us and review us. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, that helps us grow the wolf pack. That helps us make this bigger and better and badder than ever. And we, we really want to do that. I see the numbers. I can see how many people are listening. It's amazing how much this has grown. But uh, you can help us grow it even more. So please go do that. Uh, as I just mentioned a moment ago, I uh, spoke on Thursday with Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt. Lots of interesting stuff from that interview, and now you can hear it, I believe, in its entirety. So here, without further ado, is Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt. We, we, we had an opportunity Tuesday to go out there and get a lot of uh, uh, specialty situations uh, going and and felt like with the number of guys we had back, we had some really good work. And today we went back and uh, kind of approached it a little bit like game week. Um, started working some on South Carolina and, um, you know, a lot of special teams. We've had a lot of guys out. So doing special teams has obviously uh, got to be a premium for us with the guys that's had to bump around. So got some good work today. Uh, seemed like we had a lot of juice out there. So that was good to see. Got a lot of guys back. Uh, it's, it's the most guys we've had on the practice field since the, the third practice of uh, camp. So uh, it's good to see guys out there. Uh, got a lot of guys that's got to get a lot of work uh, in the next nine days. So um, and they've got to put in time to do it. So, but it, it was a, it was two good practices in a row. We'll start with questions. We'll go to David Ubbin followed by Brent Hubbs. Uh, Jeremy, right now, if you guys don't have anybody else that has to go into quarantine, what percentage of your two deep do you anticipate being available to play against South Carolina? Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody. David would have everybody right now. So we'll go to Brent. Brent, if you're ready to go. Yeah, Coach, uh, with, with you moving into game week, kind of, I guess, two questions, but I need to answer the first one first. Is there anything new on Cade Mays at this point? Yeah, so today we uh, heard back from the NCAA, so uh, they approved Cade's uh, appeal. So this has always been a, a two-step process. Uh, you know, uh, the next thing is the SEC. So it's good that our governing body uh, decided to uh, allow him to play. Uh, now we have a chance to talk to Greg much about it. Uh, I know this, and – and this whole thing in this from this pandemic, uh, Greg Sankey has is done a, a great job from a leadership standpoint with uh, everybody within the conference. And his number one thing has always been the protection of the players and and putting the our student athletes first. So uh, I have a lot of confidence in in uh, the outcome. So just as a follow up for that, the, the first step is NCAA approves it. Now the league has to approve it, sign off on it. What's a timetable? Would, would, would you anticipate getting an answer there? As you obviously get ready to go into game week, you got to know where to put him in the two deep, so to speak. Right. You know, so um, I'm not exactly sure on all the NCAA rules with transfers. Uh, we, we might be the only conference, or, or they might all be this way uh, when it goes from conference to conference transfers. I don't know. But I, I do know that the SEC – um, in the past has not allowed that. Uh, so this would obviously be a waiver through the SEC, I guess, so to speak. We'll go to Wes Rucker, followed by Blake Topmeyer. Jeremy, I know that, that maybe with, with different some days and, and others uh, couldn't. Um, where's the pass rush right now, as you can tell? I mean, I know you've got some guys that you're getting in the mix there. How's the pass rush looking? Well, it's, it's, um, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. You know, um, it, it, it's, it's definitely not where we would like for it to be. Uh, you know, with 
we, we, that's one thing that we've really got to focus on, uh, over the next nine days. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of guys that have been in and out. So, um, that it's really our whole team, you know, so we, we have a lot of experience coming back. Uh, and as these guys get back out on the field, uh, and get going, you know, that, that's a, that's a positive with the experience that we have. We have a lot of guys that's, that's played, uh, you know, a lot of ball for us. So um, we just got to get them going and kind of get back into the groove a little bit. And, and we've got to do that up tomorrow, uh, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, and, you know, over the next four days. we got to have a lot of competitive um, reps at practice, uh, you know, to get, you know, to used to the game speed. Late. Jeremy, uh, a couple guys that played a lot for you last year, uh, Wanya Morris and Aubrey Solomon, we haven't heard much about them throughout the preseason. Have they been able to practice much this preseason, and and what's your feeling on, on their level of availability uh, for the season opener? Yeah, no, uh, both of those guys have, that have been hit with, with the quarantine, uh, um, Wanya twice. So he practiced today. Um, <clears throat> I think it's the second time he's practiced in like 23 days. Uh, so, uh, and Aubrey was out there today. So they, they've got a, they got a lot of work to do, but uh, you know, hopefully we can get some plays out of them uh, next Saturday. That, that will be determined based off uh, the next week. We'll go to Trey Wallace followed by Gustavo. Jeremy, have you guys been able to – I know you talked about the wide receiver position. Uh, have you been able to get any guys back at that position, and how do you see them working with uh, Jared Garantano today, getting ready for preparation of South Carolina? Well, we, we've really got to kind of knock the rust off, so to speak, uh, in, our, in our throw game. Um, you know, a lot of these guys have been out. Uh, most of them were back on Tuesday, and – uh, we got some good work today, so uh, we've got to continue to do that. It's one of the uh, positions that, that, you know, we were hit with a little bit of injury bug and we had some guys out, so we've got to, we've got to get going there. Uh, Pruitt, you said today you had a great practice. What, you, what kind of like area of the team you said you was the most impressed the most and you're most excited coming to, you know, next week's game? Well, um, you always really find out about yourself when you start playing games. Uh, you know, you, you, you would like to think that you could predict it a little bit based off practice, but, um, you know, in the, in full scale competitive, you know, who runs through tackles, uh, who secures the ball, um, you know, who can, who can respond when the coaches aren't out there uh, in some adversity hits, who tackles, who can um, do it over and over again. You know, we've had a lot of guys that's had a chance to do that. We've had some that hadn't. So uh, we've got we've to do a lot of uh, one-on-ones uh, over the next four days to get some of these guys going. So I wouldn't say any group. I, I think there's, um, you know, until you kind of, play a season that, you know, everybody, you're trying to figure out who you are and trying to create your identity. We'll go to Gentry Estes, followed by David Pascal. Yeah, hey, Jeremy. Just how far behind do you feel like you are from where you would be normally going into the first game week? And, I mean, do you expect it's going to be this way all season where each week is kind of its own thing. You got to figure out who's available and, and, and every coach in the league is going to have to be that way. Well, I, I hope that, you know, we've kind of reached the spike on our campus. Uh, I think it's been pretty evident across the country when you, um, you have large gatherings of people for the first time that uh, there has been spikes uh, and our numbers have really gone down across our campus. So, um, we, we've got a lot of guys back. Uh, again, we've, it's not, we've not had that many COVID cases, uh, but we have been caught up in the contact tracing some. So, but most of our guys are back now. Uh, and, and we've got to continue to make sure that um, we really kind of 
defend ourselves against putting ourselves in a situation to where um, that we could we could get it or uh, get caught up in contact tracing. Jeremy, how did uh, Bryce Thompson get jersey number zero that was made available this year? Was that did he ask for you that to you uh, this past winter? And how competitive was that? Did did several players want it? How did that come about? No, um, you know he he asked me, uh, and um, you know really there was really only one other player that asked, but he was a freshman, so uh, Bryce got it. We'll go to Vince Ferrar, followed by back to Blake. Coach, two things. Just to clarify, uh, I know you're getting a lot of guys back, and some schools have announced players that have been ruled out for the opener. So you don't have anyone that you know of right now that's ruled out for the opener. That's one. And then two, can you talk about your assessment of the tight end position in camp? Well, um, we we have some guys that are ruled out based off the injuries. Um, but I don't really want to share that. Um, I don't want to give South Carolina a head start on us there. Um, but the tight end position, um, we were working several guys there, and it's a competitive spot, and there's not much difference in the guys. So um, how they go about their business every day, how they practice, uh, compete, um, you know, what kind of habits they've created, uh, you know they control it. We want to we want to play the best players, and and uh, you know we got some guys that are competing hard there to do that. Blake, yeah, Jeremy. Uh, a lot of professional athletes have uh, knelt in protest of police brutality and systemic racism during the playing of the national anthem. Uh, college football players typically aren't on the field during the anthem. Do you think? college football players should be allowed to be on the field during the anthem and, and how would you feel, you know, if players are on the field, if, if any of your players chose to kneel? You know, um, first of all, the, I don't think I've ever been on the field when the national anthem has been played. Right. So um, I, I don't know the time or place that they do it uh, at each individual school. It's just worked out to where I think we're off the field about, 20 minutes before the game started. So um, it's, it's something that's really never came up. We'll go back to Wes and then back to Trey Wallace. Yeah, Jeremy, offensive linemen traditionally kind of talk about rhythm being something that, that matters to them in terms of getting used to the guys who are playing to their left and right. And with everything going on now, are they a group that could be affected more than most? Or, or do you think everyone's kind of affected the same? Well, I do think that it takes uh, with the offensive line, they got to work together because they got combination blocks and uh, communication is key, uh, you know, and, and um, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, you know, I, um, just for instance, when I go home at night, um, based off the time that I go home, I have an idea of what's going to be going on at my house, right? If I go home at nine o'clock, then I'll have two kids in the bed and one up. If I go home at, at uh, nine 30, they'll all be in bed. Right. So, or, or get there at seven, you know, that everybody will be up. Uh, no, it's kind of a crazy scenario, but I'm just saying as an offensive lineman, um, you get used to playing beside somebody. Uh, you get a feel for, um, you know, as you're working a combination, uh, when I can move on to the linebacker or when I need to stay or when I need to kind of slow down to let him catch up uh, because everybody's a little different. So I do think it's important about those guys kind of playing together. Trey? Jeremy, I wanted to just get uh, one more bit of clarification regarding Cade Mays. So you you got the waiver appeal granted by the NCAA but now you have to wait on Greg Sankey in the SEC to approve him before technically he is actually approved to play in 2020. Am I, am I understanding that correct? Yeah. And that, that we, we've always known that right. um, not, nothing new. Uh, it's um, just, this is the way the, the protocol set up. Have, have you ever uh, follow up real quick? Have you gone through that process before? Have you ever, have you been a part of that process before? when dealing with something like this? 
Um, I've been on the other end. I think the first time um, was in 2016. Now, it was a grad transfer, but at that time, um, nobody was allowed to transfer within the within the conference. And I think Mo Smith, who was the player, a defensive back for us at Alabama, um, transferred to Georgia, and he was granted a waiver. Um, you know, Brandon Kennedy was a grad transfer. So um, this, I think this would be a first. We'll go back to Brent Hubbs and then to David Ubbin. Time for a couple more. Coach, you mentioned that you guys worked a lot of special teams the last couple of days trying to get caught up there. What does what your return game look like? How comfortable are you with your returners? How settled are you at, at kickoff return and punt return? Well, it's been a, it's been an important piece. Uh, you know, we've got lots of guys to choose from, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, if you've got five or six guys that can return punts or return kickoffs, uh, you know, which two or three are you going to settle on? And, and does those other guys fill in at other positions on special teams? So um, as we've had guys in and out of practice, we've not really had a chance to all the returners have been catching balls, I guess, would be the, the right thing to say. Um, the part about who's the top three, we've just now got everybody there. So the kind of the top three guys at each position, you know, you want to get those other guys involved on special teams and possibly at another spot. So that's something that we've really had to work hard on the last couple of days. David? Uh, yeah, Jimmy, you mentioned tight ends a little bit. What have you made of, of that group uh, or how do you feel about that group right now? And, and do you anticipate, you know, what's sort of the health update with Austin Pope right now? Well, um, Austin, Austin is not going to play uh, right now. Um, and so we're, we're, we're working, you know, Princeton Fant, um, um, Sean Brown, uh, Jordan Allen, um, so Jacob Warren. So we, we've got a lot of guys that are getting reps in there. Um, and, and, hey, most of those guys have played very little football for us. So uh, they've got to work on their consistency. They've got to be able to block in the C area. they got to play fast. they got to be good communicators. Uh, that's one position that you really need to be instinctive uh, to have a feel. Um, so because we ask the tight ends to do a lot. So uh, it's a it's a position where there's lots of competition. Um, I have confidence in all of those guys, uh, but somebody's got to separate themselves. All right, thank y'all very much. See y'all. That was Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt, and guys, I think that's just going to about wrap us up for this edition of the Go Vols twenty four seven podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, sir, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247, which is all Tennessee news all the time. You can also go to Facebook. Uh, com slash govals247 and see all kinds of good stuff there on our Facebook page. Not just Tennessee stuff on there. Uh, some Also some some Titans and, and Preds and Grizzlies and SEC news and, and college football and college basketball news. There's some other stuff on there, but it's primarily, mostly, a vast majority of it is Tennessee news. And that's at Facebook.com slash govals247. Or if you want that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, just right from the source, right from the tap. Go get that at GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's worldwide internets to get Tennessee football news, Tennessee basketball news, recruiting news, baseball news, Lady Vols news with Maria Cornelius, who does a great job covering Lady Vols for us. Uh, You can get all of that all the time at GoVols247.com. You can also ask us questions literally 24-7 right there on GoVols247's checkerboard, which is the best forum on all of Al Gore's internets for Tennessee fans to discuss uh, Tennessee athletics and other things, water cooler style, all kinds of good stuff there. And also the Summit, which is the Lady Vols board. There's tons of good stuff on there, really active community there. So you can go get all that stuff right there, and you can get that for a low, low price, guys, less than one mediocre lunch per month. That's it. One mediocre lunch a month. That's all we're asking. And if you do that, if you pay us full price, 
then you get access to CBS All Access in perpetuity. What is CBS All Access? That's CBS's streaming platform where you can get everything from the CBS catalog, every show ever made, commercial-free, tons of new movies coming in and out every month, tons of live sports, NFL football, SEC football, very clearly, Tennessee football, uh, college basketball, March Madness, all kinds of good stuff on there. Uh, also got, uh, if you love the soccer like I do and like Patrick Brown and Grant Ramey do, you can get that. Uh, UEFA Champions League, the UEFA Europa League, all kinds of good stuff on there on CBS All Access. And not just sports and, and movies and shows. Uh, also, everything or tons of stuff from Smithsonian that's on there, tons of stuff from uh, MTV. Tons of stuff from BET, uh, Nickelodeon, all kinds of good stuff on there. The Nickelodeon stuff, great for the kids. All kinds of stuff right there at CBS All Access. And if you pay us, then we get that to you for free. Zero dollars, zero cents. No questions asked. In perpetuity. So go do that. Uh, If nothing else, uh, barring breaking news, you should hear from us, uh, I would say, by Sunday again. We'll we'll play some player uh, and or coach audio for you then. And uh, until then, guys, uh, be smart out there. Be safe. Uh, We've almost gotten to football season now for Tennessee. A lot of people put in a lot of work for this. Keep doing that. Keep wearing masks. Keep being safe. Uh, Let's let's be corny and get through this together, and, and we'll be good. Nothing else. See you guys on Sunday, I guess. See you. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.